0: Since I was very young, I was always encouraged to um, learn by doing, you know, Um, and I guess what I had available at that moment was my phone and my fingers, um, and I didn't want to do any art courses or anything. So I just um, tested everything I had, all of the brushes and everything and all of the apps until I came up with this technique. And I guess a lot of my work is like that. It takes um, so long because I want I wanted to be uh, the best it can possibly be, and um, every drawing is um, is just a whole new learning.
1: Hello and welcome to the Searcher Studio podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking with Ella Manol. At the young age of 19, Ella has made a name for herself in the NFT space with numerous sales, acceptance into an exclusive NFT exhibition and being featured in an upcoming PBS documentary. Our conversation includes her love of learning, the development of her technique of drawing solely on a smartphone, and the growth of her intention and style within her photorealistic portraits. At the time of this recording, Ella had recently finished a fantastic portrait of Elon Musk. Before I could edit and publish this episode, the piece had sold. So congrats to Ella on her continued success. You can find Ella on Twitter and Instagram at Manul Eith, that's M-A-N-U-L-L-E-T-H, or on YouTube at the same handle to watch videos of her process. Head over to the show notes for links from the show, to connect with Ella through her social links, and to view her work. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Anyway, mm-hmm. hi. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm doing well. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing good. It's been a really nice day um here in Chicago. And, oh, you uh, like know the...
0: you're in Chicago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. um It's like where I'm from. I'm from like the western suburbs of Chicago. So I live in the city in like a German neighborhood called Lincoln Square. Mm-hmm.
0: That's and, nice.
1: That's really uh, nice. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. And like, um, I really like the neighborhood that I live in. And today I was out for like a really long walk and um, I saw like so many interesting things today. The weather, the weather's been like getting really nice here the past uh, week or 10 days. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody doing like disc throwing, you know, like Olympic disc throwing. I've never seen that before.
0: I'm. Um, yeah, I'm actually not sure why it is, but it's sounds oh, you're
1: not? interesting. No. Yeah, maybe you've seen it like in a commercial or on the Olympics or something like that. They like have a like a really heavy small disc, kind of like this, like a frisbee shape. And they like it's usually like a really strong person, and they spin around in a circle, and then they let it go, and it it goes launching. Yeah,
0: out yeah into I,
1: the... I think I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's there's like. I would never imagine seeing that in Chicago and on this walking path that I go on, there's like this fence set up. I never knew what it was there for. And it turns out that's exactly what it's for. So there was some guy doing some, uh, disc throwing, or I don't, I don't actually know what it's officially (laughs) called. Um, and then another part of my walk, I saw, uh, like six moms doing stroller, uh, like aerobic exercises so they all had their babies and their strollers and they were like exercising with their strollers in a circle and i, I thought it was really funny to see I, yeah mm-hmm. i've never seen that anyway that's how my day's day's been going mm-hmm. how, how is yours
0: um yeah i'm actually a bit um jealous <laughs> because it's really really cold here um right now we are in autumn and it's been a few days since i've been able to you know um get out and take a walk or something so i've been um kind of stuck at home for a few days now.
1: What's really cold for you?
0: Um, yeah, um, really cold for me is like, um, right now I think it's like 6 degrees Celsius. I think that would be close to like 30, 35 um, degrees Fahrenheit.
1: Yeah, just around 40 degrees Fahrenheit. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty chilly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's um, the coldest it gets here. Yeah, I'm not used to uh, much colder than that.
1: Oh, okay. That's so. Yeah, that's kind of. So it doesn't get colder. It, you're in autumn right now, and you're not gonna get colder in the next few no, months.
0: No, no, yeah. Um, in the winter it gets like um below zero um Celsius. I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit, but um, it's not um uh, much worse than it is right now. You know, right now it's really, really cold for autumn. It's not usually like this.
1: So tell me a little bit about, um, Brasilia. Like I don't, I'm not familiar with Brazil at all. And I think a lot of people are, you know, that are from outside of it that haven't really traveled in Brazil are only really familiar with, you know, Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro and don't really, are not really familiar with like, Brasilia is like the capital of Brazil, correct?
0: Yes, um, and actually, I also don't know uh, much about um, other states in Brazil, because Brazil is a gigantic country, is a continental country. And so there are many, many differences um, from different regions of the country, um, both in terms of climate and culture. And um, here in the south of Brazil, where I live, We have a very um, strong influence of European culture um, because it is a state um, predominantly colonized by Germany and Italy. Um, So, yeah, we still have a few um, neighborhoods and villages that um, speak um, dialects of German or Italian. But, yeah, I don't know much about the other countries. You know, it's really far from here. It's actually a very different culture as well.
1: So do you live currently right now in Brasilia or do you live no. in where you're from?
0: No, um, actually, I was born and have always lived um, really in the extreme south of Brazil. Um, I was born in Porto Alegre, uh, which is a, um, the capital of my state, Rio Grande do Sul. And right now I am living um, a bit more down south uh, in a city called San Francisco de
1: Paula. What was it like growing up in Porto? You said Porto Alegre?
0: Yes, that's it.
1: <laughs> which seems like a pretty bustling city. I'm looking it up on my computer right now. It, it's, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, what was it like growing up there? And how, where? what's it like where you're at right now?
0: I um, actually didn't um, grow up in Porto Alegre, but I lived in a city that was next to it. Um, And it is really a really beautiful city, and it has um, beautiful buildings, but it's not um, very well taken care of. So it's a bit um, messy and dirty, and I actually feel a bit sad when I go to Porto Alegre because it feels like a waste, you know, such a beautiful city, and it feels like um, people don't value it um, very much. Um, And it was um, quite nice um, growing up. in a city next to agree, because it feels more like a um, suburban city, but not really like a big city. You know, you get um, a bit of both. So that was um, really, really nice. And um, my grandparents um, have a house here in this um, city that I am in now, that is like um, the countryside. Um, so that was also really nice, you know, doing the summers and vacations, we would go to um, the countryside and it's just a very, very different experience. You know, people here are much um, simpler, but really, really nice. And it's like a small town feeling. It's really, really wonderful.
1: I love small cities, you know, that have kind of like a nice, vibrant culture, Um, but I love more the countryside and I think like small cities, like small towns, villages. uh, Yeah. I don't know how big it is necessarily there, but like when you get out into the country here and you get into small towns where it's like, I don't know, you know, 12,000 people or 10,000 people. And um, the surrounding areas are rolling Hills or um, farms or whatever it is. It's so beautiful. And it's such a, it's such a great way to get away from the city but then still have access to it because you're not too far from it
0: um yeah, I just um looked it up, and here there are um twenty thousand people, but it is a very very big um city uh, in the countryside, so it feels um like um you know you can um walk. Um, miles here, and you see no one, so it's um, it gets that feeling of a really really small town. is um, quite interesting.
1: From the just outside the the city, and then going to your grandparents out in the countryside. Where are you now?
0: <clears throat> I am um, on the countryside now. Um, actually, in my grandparents' house, we built uh, a house next to it, so it's um, on the same land, I guess. And um, I lived here um, a few years ago and then I had to go back um, to the city, um, but we just really loved here. <laughs> um, I think uh, me and my parents, we all um, kind of wanted to get back um, because of that feeling of the small town, you know, and all of the wonderful, very nice people that um, live here.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. How long have you been there?
0: Um. Right now, it's for about I think six months or a bit more than that.
1: And you're planning on staying for a while.
0: Yes, yes, um, we are really, really enjoying here. I think we're gonna be um, be here for uh, a-, a while.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. Does uh does the the land I don't know how much land it is, but um, do you guys raise animals or have uh, gardens or anything like that?
0: Um, No, we do have um, gardens. My grandmother um, really, really loves she is um, impressively good at it, actually. Um, She's a bit um, messy, but she has um, a beautiful garden. But no, we don't um, raise animals, but there are um, a lot of farms around here, you know, and sometimes we see like um, cows and different kind of animals um, walking in front of a house. So that's really, really interesting also.
1: It's interesting that, um, you know, you're only 19. You were born in 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So very young. And you're you're living out in the countryside versus what I think a lot of uh, young people around your age, in the States at least, are trying to live in the cities because there's a lot of activity and there's a lot of you know, people bustling around and hustling and all that stuff. And um so I'm in, I'm interested to know kind of more about, you know, your take on that. Are you not interested in the, in the lifestyle that kind of comes from the city life or are you more of a, you know, are you more of a, like a country person? Do you like hiking? Like what are your interests that kind of pull you to the countryside? Um That is
0: actually an, an interesting question because I really do not like hiking. Um, <laughs> I'm not great um, <laughs> with nature. And yeah, I'm, I'm not very good at uh, with it. But I also don't really like the city, you know, like, um, it's just a lot, <laughs> a lot of energy and a lot of activities and too much. And I am much more, um, calmer than that. I really enjoy, you know, staying at home and things like that. And I don't enjoy being in nature, but I think it's beautiful. And I like that, um, like, outside my house, I can just look out the window and there are just amazing trees and everything here. And I don't enjoy just the buildings of the cities as much. And it's really nice um, because there is this um, touristic city. I think that's how you say it, like 40 minutes away from here. And it's just really a r- amazing, really beautiful city. And it's very safe because of the tourism and everything. And yeah, it's just really amazing. And it, it, it's the perfect distance.
1: Are you working or are you in school right now?
0: Um, no, um, I'm not doing either. I'm just um, focusing on the NFTs right now.
1: You know, so focusing on, on my art.
0: My art. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Completely.
1: So when you were growing up, you were living in uh like just outside the city, you said correct, yes, and you know you're still quite young, so growing up is kind of a you know a relative turn, but when did you start making art
0: so um I have always liked um drawing um but until I was about um eleven years old, I didn't know um that it was like i guess a potential Profession, you know, I just did it because I thought it was um, very fun. And about that age, I started taking it a bit more, more um, serious and ded- dedicating myself to it. And I guess a couple of years ago, uh, during the pandemic, I started trying to draw <clears throat> digitally, and um, then ended up creating um, my technique to draw the realistic drawings using only my phone and my fingers.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you, so when you were drawing originally, you were doing it all, um, it was all physical art. What were you, what were you using to draw? What was your like medium yeah. of choice?
0: Um, when I was younger, I liked everything. <laughs> I liked painting and drawing with pencil and paper. I also liked, um, doing origami and everything. I just liked um, manual work. Um, but I also always, um. I had always um had a preference for um I guess um uh, paper and pencil work, you know, like um traditional drawing and realistic work. Um and I guess that was um transferred into my um work right now also.
1: What was that transition like, that moving from physical into digital?
0: Um it was um very different uh, but very familiar also because i think um the way i i draw now um digitally it's not um very different um from the way i used to draw it's a very um, analog process um it's just ju- done with a um, digital medium um but um i guess i always had the same goal you know i always liked um the realistic drawings and i just um, tried everything I could um to get um the best results out of it,
1: so you take an analog approach to a digital format, so can you kind of explain that a little bit, like your thought process behind creating
0: um yeah I actually that is um very recent, so I haven't um given it um much thought i just um realized that my technique has um a lot of analog characteristics you know the way i do the whole drawing (laughs) is just it's kind of similar to the way i used to draw on paper it was probably influenced by it but i haven't um i don't have an idea um fun about it yet
1: hmm yeah that's interesting i watched a couple of your videos And there is very much of like a sketch and like, you know, I don't, I don't know too much about drawing. So perhaps people that draw on iPads, it's very similar, but there was like, like how you were doing markings and then blending them together just kind of reminded me when I was, when I was young and learning to draw, like that was a lot of the process that we were learning. It was kind of like, um, you know, a lot of like sketch and sketch and blend type style. Maybe people take a different approach when they're doing an iPad, I'm not sure.
0: Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, I have um, watched a few videos uh, lately of people drawing on iPad and it is very different from my technique. And I think um, it's one, because I was um, definitely influenced by the way I used to draw with pencil and paper. And also because um, the app I use has very different tools. You know, on iPad, um, things kind of come ready. You know, like when you're doing um, the hair, there is a brush that the, kind of does it for you, almost. Every strand of hair is done for you by uh, on uh, Procreate. But um, on my app, you have to do every little line and every little thing by hand, and it's very similar to um,
1: drawing with pencil and paper. Wow, Uh, that kind of blows me away to be honest because I think the first time you and I met in one of the Twitter spaces, I'm not sure if you recall it, but it was like a couple months ago maybe and I was looking at your work and I was watching, I don't know if it was a video that you had up, um, I think it might've been, but um, how you do your work for me I'm looking at it and I'm saying that, like, I would probably, I'd be like gritting my teeth because there's a lot of like, every single motion you do, you know, it's very tedious. It's very particular. You have to be very particular with how you draw, or at least it seems like.
0: Um, Yeah, it definitely um, requires a lot of patience and um that is um interesting actually i was thinking um a few days ago of all of the little things that um could have gone differently and i think if i didn't have um the amount of patience and determination that i do i wouldn't have been able to um create this technique and get to the the realistic results that's um uh, really interesting
1: yeah and that's that's why i kind of like highlighted the idea of origami you have to be very patient and very nimble and um you know you have to be able to fail a bazillion times before you can create whatever it is that you're trying to you know develop
0: yeah that is exactly it actually and um it's actually quite impressive to me that you um you notice all of those things but um because usually when I, I am speaking to people that aren't um, artists, it seems very difficult for them to understand um, the complexity of it and all of the patience and everything it requires and to make. So that is, I was very impressed by it.
1: Yeah, I I'm I don't consider myself an artist, but I do make art, and I kind of jump around with um, what I make, like. From thing to thing, in that that way of living and way of being, and this is over the course of like years that I'm talking, uh, I like see a lot of oh this is what this takes, this is what this takes, this is what this takes, like like I never knew the uh, physics involved in uh, clay and throwing clay on a wheel, and I think if you explore different pieces. I think a lot of artists understand they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you've worked with charcoal. So that's how this works with like, Oh, like, so I kind of understand watercolor or whatever it is. I don't know if those two make sense, but if that makes, if you understand what I'm, what I'm saying, like, that's, that's how my, my mind kind of works. And when I look at art and I look at people making art, I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. Like I see what that takes. I I understand it. So. Mm hmm
0: um I agree with that completely and I also really like experimenting and I think um it's particularly nice to um do that because I guess you um value people's works differently. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah it just it's really nice to understand all of the work and everything that went uh, behind that. And also you talked about uh, pottery. I think I tried once when I was really young, probably like um, 10 or 11, and I was not very good at it, but I think um, it's something that I would be interested in trying again. And also the ukulele. I have one actually here, um, and I got it about like one or two years ago, and I I just love the sound of it, and I learned a few few songs. But... um, Yeah, I don't think I have a musical talent. No, it didn't work out as well as that.
1: That's, it's, um, I actually just got rid of my ukulele. I tried so hard, not recently, but in my life before that, I tried so hard to kind of learn it. And and I was like, you know, I just don't have the stamina because it's something that like, you just have to continue to, I think with anything with any art you probably just need to continue to nurture it and like improve the muscle um and I was somebody that like liked to pick it up play a few chords and like learn a little bit here and there and mess around but it just wasn't enough to to keep me engaged I guess because it went a couple of years without even touching it yeah
0: but- it was like
1: No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean that.
0: Yeah, no, I was just going to say that it was um, like that for me, too. And that um, the only song that I think I can say that I I know how to play um, is um, the Moon song from the movie Her. I don't um, don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, I love that. Yeah, I love love that movie. movie (laughs) And the song is is beautiful. Yes, exactly. Yes, um, I love both the movie and the song. And I just, I was um, really amazed by the song. So I um, was really determined and I decided I'm going to learn this. So yeah, it's the only song that I can, I know I can play on the ukulele.
1: I mean, you picked a great one. That's honestly (laughs) like, I don't, when it comes to music, I have like um, artists that I've listened to my whole life. I rarely find new music. I'll like pick up one thing here and there like one song i'll download every once in a while and i literally downloaded mm-hmm. the moon song because of the movie her i love the movie her that's it's we could get into the <laughs> yeah. philosophy of it like that's how much i love it
0: <laughs> yeah um i love the movie and the song as well but i am the complete opposite of you i love love uh, searching for new music and things that i am constantly every every day um downloading new music and finding new styles and everything so yeah that's a big difference
1: yeah no it is and like i i know a lot of people like that i've met a lot of musicians my brother's a musician and uh just in the places that i've worked like bars restaurants and stuff like that in the past i just couldn't keep up it was just things move too fast there's so much out there but for me what it is is movies like i can i can get really deep into movies i I worked in the movie industry for a, a while and like I just love movies. I love uh cinematography, I love write the writing of movies. Like if you if you find like a really good movie like I'm right there. But music was always very difficult.
0: Um yeah, I am um like that with movies too. But I guess um movies take a lot of time you know, and um, I, it's difficult for me, at least more difficult than finding music. Um, it's difficult to find a movie that I know I like, you know, something that really um, inter- entertains me and that I um, identify with the message. Um, and it's a lot of time to waste and music is just three, four minutes maximum. So it's a lot, a lot quicker. <laughs> so yeah, I usually, <laughs> I, I usually, do the music thing
1: more often speaking of art in terms of like what we enjoy to listen to and look at i see your work is primarily portraits what is kind of like the the influence of choosing portraits as like you know i see it in your physical pieces and i see it in your digital pieces So, why portraits?
0: Um, Yeah, that question is a bit difficult for me. Um, Yeah, let me think think about that a bit. Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think um, I just love drawing people. (laughs) It's difficult to um, answer that. Um,
1: Well, let me ask you this. How do you go about choosing who you're going to draw?
0: Um, right now, it's just inspiration, and I do, um, I guess, um, montages and things like that. And I um, get uh, my inspirations from from various places. Um, but it used to be just going to Pinterest and spending hours looking at very, very different pictures and things until I found something that, um, you know, just inspired me and mo- motivated me to draw.
1: So that would be anything? That wouldn't just be people?
0: It's mostly people. Yeah, it's like 90% of the time it was people, but I have um, some drawings of, I don't know, animals or um, trees or something, uh, some other things, but it's mostly people.
1: What's your process like in terms of, you said sometimes you just go to Pinterest and you'll just scroll for hours or just, just look through stuff th that is that part of your process, like what's your process in terms of how do you get started, how you get moving, how you stay motivated in creating one of your pieces?
0: um it's exactly that actually it's just scrolling to pinterest um and I guess the um inspiration about the um the message behind the pieces come from um conversations or sometimes movies and different things. Um but uh, the image, you know, the visual part of it definitely is just looking through Pinterest and searching different things and experimenting.
1: What are you looking at? Like for instance, okay, you just did a incredible piece uh, of Elon Musk. Like what pulled you to say, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw Elon Musk versus Dua Lipa or Terry Hatcher or whoever?
0: Um, yeah, it was um Actually, that one was a very long process. I wasn't completely satisfied with my other pieces. And I just realized that, um, you know, on uh, on NFT spaces, on the NFT community, um, there are a lot of people who, you know, try to help and give you a lot of adv- advices, but um, they are always t- taking into consideration other people's opinions, you know, the marketing side of it, and also Um, Mm -hmm. while it's easier to sell and for a while I was doing that but um, I realized that um, that was getting in the the way of my art you know I wasn't um, happy with it it wasn't what I wanted to do and then um, while I was um, going through that you know having those thoughts I saw uh, that picture of Elon Musk on Time magazine and I was just (laughs) very inspired by it you know and wondering how would what would um happen and how would the world be without him and without many other people also because I am doing um a collection and I'm going to do uh, other works like that, and the realism part of it is just because i don't I don't know I think I was so inspired by that that piece I just wanted to do my best on it, and I think I'm gonna go on now trying um to make my pieces as indistinguishable from
1: a photograph than they possibly can. The, I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons an artist can learn right there is differentiating between something that is kind of not necessarily being told to, for you to make from other people, but maybe from yourself, like I should make this versus knowing what you should make or like figuring out what you should make and, and getting out of the way of the process. Like, uh, I actually remember, and I don't know if you remember this. Um, when you spoke in the spaces, I, I don't know if I was on a speaker or if I messaged this to you, but I was like, hey, like I think what you're doing is fantastic, but don't worry too much about like trying to find Terry Hatcher to get this piece. Like, she'll find you. Um, and I think that idea, that philosophy is the same thing as like, um, trying to think less about the marketing aspect and, and, uh, getting out of the way of finding out what art is coming, coming true, coming from within you, you know? And I think the piece that you made is a fantastic end result of what that was. Like, I think your Elon Musk piece is like, it stands out, uh, across, like from what I've seen, it's like a next level almost, I think, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. And I definitely agree. And actually I was thinking a few days ago, who was that person? I didn't know it was you. It's really nice to know it was you. And I remember that, um, that you um texted me. I think you DM'd me and you said that and it was, yeah, it was really good. And yes, I agree. It definitely um, influenced um this um, latest change in my work. So yeah, thank you so much.
1: Amazing. Wow. That's like, uh, that's an honor to like, know that I said something to somebody and like (laughs) they recalled it, you know, they were like, this is like part of, wow, that's fantastic. Like I'm (laughs) kind of, you know, patting myself on the back a little bit, but that's great. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for you to like learn that and make that kind of that step naturally in your own way. And, um, I'm interested to kind of see what, comes next. Do you have an who are you working on next? Do you have a next person or are you just looking for inspiration right now?
0: Um no, I am already um uh, working on greater Thunberg, you know. I actually posted a um work in progress photo on my Twitter. You can check that out if you want. And yeah, I am um thinking of some other people and some up some other um things to work on for the same collection.
1: Beautiful. That's fantastic. I haven't really been too active on Twitter, so I need to get back on there and and check that out. Um, How long does it take? You said Elon Musk was a particularly long process. And I I think I remember you saying like 15 hours, like that was a a while ago. Maybe it takes you like 15 hours. I don't know. That might be mistaken with somebody else. So how long does it generally take you to do one of your pieces and how long did Elon Musk take?
0: Um, yeah, um, my older pieces it was about um fifteen hours um but Elon Musk it took me a very long time. I think it was about um twenty five hours um, but the whole process wow. of um you know searching for the images and this inspiration everything it was probably about forty hours, but the drawing itself it was probably twenty five
1: yeah, that's incredible, and you know for those that aren't as familiar with your process, which I think we're gonna talk a little bit about right now, um, that's all on your phone using one finger, if I'm correct, and drawing lines and blending, and there's a lot of zooming in, zooming out. Um, Like, can you talk to me a bit about what that's like?
0: Um, Yeah. Um, I have said um, this before, and I think um, definitely the best way to understand and learn a bit more about um, my process and the way I draw is watching the videos. Um, But, yeah, I guess um, until um, the pandemic, like I said, I was just drawing um, with pencil and paper. And during the lockdown, I decided to start drawing digitally. And... um, Since I was very young, I was always encouraged to um, learn by doing, you know, Um, and I guess what I had available at that moment was my phone and my fingers, um, and I didn't want to do any art courses or anything, so I just um, tested everything I had, all of the brushes and everything and all of the apps, until I came up with this technique. And I guess a lot of my work is like that. It takes um, so long because I want, I want it to be uh, the best it can possibly be. And um, every drawing is um, is just a whole new learning. You know, there are um, always different parts of the person's face or a different kind of clothes and everything, everything. I just have to learn all over again. So, yeah, I think that's about it.
1: It's. It's uh like the thing that comes to mind when when you're talking about that is like thinking about looking at like starting that process right where you're where you're just kind of exploring that and then wanting to continue down that path because to me, as I already mentioned, I'm somebody who's who wouldn't be able to have that sort of level of patience, but it sounds like you thrive on the intricacies of specific art mediums
0: (laughs) that was a confusing sentence um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not sure if i agree with that
1: okay okay fair enough
0: i think what i have always um felt that um drives me is um learning. Actually, I was going to say the challenge, but it's not exactly that. Um, I just I find it really um, enjoyable, you know, learning about um, every little detail of the drawing that I'm going to make. And there are times that it's very tiring. I just get a bit annoying sometimes. But um, I think it's one of the characteristics that made me um, get to this level of realism and this um, quality of work
1: what what uh what kind of what do you do when you start to kind of feel fatigued or exhausted from your work is it something that you say i'm going to push through this or are you a step back and take a break person
0: um no i am definitely the take a break person because it it doesn't happen very often actually i do really enjoy um drawing and um even before I considered it uh, work I would spend like five, six hours a day drawing. I just really, really love it. So um w- when I get to that point where I'm very tired or I think just there are two things. One is um I I am very tired, so it's not um very good for me, you know. And also it's not good for the drawing. I you know I get to a point where I'm just I have been looking at it for too long and I start um losing perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I um, I usually um, choose to just take a break for a while before I get back to work.
1: That, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think for me, there's a natural inclination to want to push through. Uh, And I think it's just kind of like who I am as a person in all forms, like whether it's with work or with art or even when I'm traveling, I really push myself really hard. Um, but I've been learning that in pottery, you know, that I've learning. I've been learning that exact idea in pottery, which is, I think there's, there's a need to recognize how you're feeling and how you're what your energy is like, what you're, you know, understanding where you're at, having some self awareness, and then saying, "Okay, time to pull back a little bit."
0: Yeah, um, and it's especially when it's work, it's a bit difficult um, to know when it's the right time to stop, and also to um, learn how to not feel guilty. You know, you feel a bit bad, bad in the beginning, when you know you have, you think you have to finish that, and you start feeling. I guess tired of that work and um yeah, I, I used to feel very guilty about it but with time I definitely um I definitely learn with it and it's much better now. I I think I can um deal pretty well <laughs> on those days that I think I um it's not the right day for for working on or whatever. <laughs> oh, and one more thing I was gonna ask about the pottery. Um, how is it going? I thought it was really interesting. Do you think you're doing well?
1: Yeah, actually, um, just kind of to understand where I'm at, like I've taken, I'm in my third class. They're like 10-week classes. I'm in my third one and I've thrown at least 30 to 40 pieces. And um, even my first class my teacher and like the teacher's assistant was like looking at me and being like, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Like what you're doing is really good. Like one of them said, like it's kind of a natural ability to be able to kind of throw the way that you're throwing. So it's been really good, but I'm just getting to a point now. And like I said, I think I started like in October, I'm just getting to a point now where I'm starting to look at, and understand technique. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds really amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, um, and you said, you write, you write what you like, uh, poetry novels, what you do.
1: Well, um. I started just kind of like, writing short stories, writing ideas for potentially turning them into screenplays and like developing like kind of ideas with a cinematic uh, perspective, you know? And then I started writing screenplays when I was working in Hollywood. This is maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. It was 12 (laughs) years ago actually. Um, Right now I primarily do just journaling work. Um, I've tried to do essays and stuff, but I really struggle with essays. So yeah, right now um, I'm kind of like in a weird limbo place, but right now it's primarily journals and then a little bit of poetry here and there.
0: Yeah, that's really, really interesting, yeah. And um, yeah, I guess you can really learn from it. Um, I am not good with writing. I definitely um, prefer um, expressing myself with art, but I think it's something that I should probably try again, you know, try to learn a bit more about it. I think it's a really, really nice way to uh, express yourself and deal with your emotions. So that's really good.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think journaling's, you know, journaling's one of those things to me is like, It's something that you can kind of use to reflect on yourself and also kind of get clear out some cobwebs or whatever is going on inside. Um, But uh, it's also something that can kind of get you started in the process of writing that you can then kind of build off of. And I think also, because you've said a couple times, like you don't have natural music um, ability or writing or whatever it is. And I think like these mediums are actually kind of intuitive to us as humans. Like we might be stronger in one versus the other, but I think, especially when it comes to like music and writing, those are things that I think we all have the ability to do at a very like base level. And then when you start to build on that, then you start to build technique and style and skill. But it's definitely something that I think we can all, you know, universally do at a certain level. Like I have really a hard time drawing. I don't think that's a natural thing that like we can do as human beings, but I think music, we all have, there's music within us, right? Like we have a beat in hardwired into our bodies, you know, it's our heartbeat. Like, so, just taking it from a very fundamental instinctual way. I think like uh it's there. We just need to kind of uncover it a little bit.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I think I would, I agree with you. Um of course some people have uh are more talented on it than others. Um and I really did say I don't have the ability for either. But I think um it was mostly that I didn't I didn't enjoy it, you know? It's mm. It's strange i have always been drawn to art and drawing paintings and other things like that, so maybe if I did enjoy it, I would have uh, dedicated myself to it just as, just as I did to art, and maybe something beautiful would have come out of it, but it's never yeah it's never really interested me um just in the same way as art,
1: yeah, and I think that's a huge part that's a huge part I think like um if you if you don't enjoy it, then why push yourself to become good at it? You know, then then that goes back to the aspect of like, why are you doing this? Why are you making this? Like, what are you trying to prove? Or like, what are you trying to accomplish by um, forcing yourself to do something that you ultimately don't really enjoy doing? Yeah.
0: Yes, definitely. I, I agree with that.
1: Do you have any sort of like um you know you're you're young on your art journey but you're you're pretty well versed I think in terms of how you view your art and how you view um maybe the direction you're heading in do you have any sort of like philosophy on art <laughs>
0: No, I definitely don't. Um, <laughs> um actually um recently I discovered um an artist that I quite like. Um I forgot his name. Let me think about it a bit. Um oh I think his name is um Gerhard Ritter or something like that. It's a German mm-hmm. um artist. And um I liked I identified with him and I liked that someone asked him, um why he started um, drawing and he just replied that um, he didn't because he wanted to Um, and I guess I feel that way too. Um, I don't try to really understand um, what is motivating me um, to do something. I just try to put my will into action. I think that's all. (laughs) I don't have any um, philosophy or anything like that.
1: Is there anything in in the art that you make? Is there anything that you do think about intentionally?
0: Um, yes. Um, it's interesting, actually. Um, the Elon Musk piece that you just um, talked about, um, it was kind of accidental, you know, that I um, changed his expression a, a little. And um, I stops to think about it later and I realized that I was trying to say something with my art. So it usually is an accident. But there are some things that are more um, practical, I guess, like um, the clothes or things like that that he was wearing. Um, I was um, conscious. I thought about it rationally and decided what to do with the drawing. But I guess the more artistic part of it is usually instinctive.
1: You might be referencing why elon musk is wearing a beanie is that true like what what is why is he wearing a beanie in that in that uh image that you created
0: um i just yes i have um actually just i try to um make him different i try to put um different clothes that would um give dicks um the Um, idea that he was um, much more poor than he is now. And I just wanted to, I guess, play with that a little, you know, and try to see what people think of it and what the image makes them feel.
1: I really like that. I didn't think about that in terms of like like a poor aspect, but I definitely, when I looked at that piece, I definitely felt like, this is not the Elon that I know. Yes.
0: You know, this he Elon out a is bit... more
1: of like, what, what did you say?
0: <laughs> I'm just going to say he turned out a bit hipster, didn't he? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I would not, not so much hipster. Um, I actually thought of like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou?
0: That That is so uh, wonderful that you said that because it is that exact hat <laughs> <laughs> I looked at. Uh, I was looking at a picture of Bill Murray. Which I love. And I uh-huh. just saw that hat and I thought it would be perfect for the drawing.
1: That's exactly what I thought of. When I saw that, I was like, <laughs> he joined Steve Zizu's crew and now he's like, he's like an adventurer. He's like a searcher, like yeah. wandering out <laughs> on the sea. Like, or maybe he's just a seaman, you know? Like, so <laughs> I, I, it like made me see some, like, something different in Elon Musk, who's this incredible figure that we're all just like, I think no matter what if you like him or dislike him you're just kind of like what is going on like this this person yes, is just exactly. incredible. <laughs> so that's a really interesting take and it, an interesting idea that you like you turned it beyond a portrait and into uh like a thought a, a very thoughtful piece of art. Um and I think it's like another level like it it, it like just it supports the the additional level of where your intention is going with your work you know I think a lot of your other pieces are kind of just regular portraits if I'm not mistaken whereas this one now has like it not only has the intention behind um finding somebody that inspires you but you view this person in a completely different light of what they're used to being viewed as.
0: Yeah. Um, that is exactly it. I completely I, I agree. Um, I do um, love my other works, but this one is definitely has something special, you know, and I intend to go down the same path. And I really like listening to you um, talk about it because one of the things I enjoy the most is just, um, showing people my art and not explaining much about it, just trying to see what the person takes from it, you know, and what is their their perspective and what they feel when they look at it.
1: I think that's what a lot of artists enjoy, and it's interesting being in the NFT space, where you're—I don't know if you're necessarily forced. I mean, you're definitely not like you don't have, you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but you're pressured so heavily to be up on a stage pitching your project all the time, you know, and it's almost like a new thing for artists, I think, in my mind, because a lot of artists, they just want to make their work and put it out there, promote it a little bit but to continually be pitching it over and over and over again is like this new thing for a lot of people. So it's an interesting process that we've kind of, or like an interesting little scenario that we've kind of put ourselves in as like an art community in a new medium or like in a new realm.
0: Um, yeah. in that is actually one of the things that I didn't enjoy very much. I am getting used to it and, um, I think I have gotten to the conclusion that I don't have to do it as much as I used to. You know, I was um mm-hmm. I used to think that was that was the answer, you know, that that is gonna solve everything. That is what I have to do. Um, but now I just um yeah, I go to spaces, I talk to people when I feel like it, but um I'm trying to not let it interfere in my art. And it is an aspect of the NFT world that I don't completely enjoy.
1: But I think what you've realized is something really important, which is that you don't have to constantly be pitching yourself. In fact, I think it almost serves you better to pitch less and just make connections with people and just talk to people more, you know, maybe, maybe not even, maybe just like connecting with people about random things and not even about the work that you're making and just kind of building relationships
0: um yeah that... are... go ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say that um definitely there are many many people that i have met um on the spaces on and things like that that i really really enjoy talking to and that have um given me a lot of opportunities um like i don't know if you know of um whale shark he is a collector and he has like this project called um Royal Artist Collective that he and um some other people, fantastic people that work with him, help I guess mentor um some artists and I was I just um joined that <laughs> I was accepted on it and they gave me um an invite to Makers Place, which is a marketplace like exclusive marketplace for NFTs. And it's just it's really fantastic. You know, there are some people who are truly there um to help you and who um, really care about your art. But um, yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that definitely there is a um, bright side to it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think a lot of things are going to come out of this space and it's going to evolve quite a bit. And I think right now we're starting to see a lot of like little fallout from pitching our projects so much, you know, everyone's pitching, pitching, pitching and now they people are kind of getting sick of that and yeah. trying to, and starting to take a step back. So we'll probably hit another uh, like roller coaster wave or two of like now everyone's doing this and then that'll stop and then now everyone's doing this and that'll stop. but eventually we'll hit a, a plateau of like, okay, like this is how the the industry is going to operate as a whole and you don't necessarily need to build or pitch or do X as much as everyone else, you know, has been saying for the past year or whatever.
0: Um yeah, I I agree and I I hope that does happen. Yeah. I really like that idea.
1: You were recently accepted into NFT Liverpool. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what that is?
0: Um yeah um NST Liverpool is um I think it's basically um an exhibition that is going to have is happening already in Liverpool and they had um open sub- submissions you know every artist um, could submit it, submit their work to it and they had um a list of I think 20 something curators that was was going to going to choose um their favorite works to try to give the, those people the opportunity to have their work um, exhibited on a gallery.
1: So how many people are accepted into this?
0: I have you know? no idea. <laughs> no, okay. I think it's a lot of people. It's probably like, uh, I don't know, 600, something like that, because it is right. um, a project that is happening through, um, throughout a few months. I think it's like three, four months, and every week, um every person that was chosen gets to um exhibit one of their pieces pieces um for um, a week um and yeah i think i'm not sure exactly how many people are but i'm guessing it's a lot of people because um it's a lot of time and every week um the pieces and the artworks change so i'm guessing it's a lot
1: so um it's a physical location and they're going to be displaying digital work or work digitally
0: yes it's a physical place on Liverpool and they it's already already happening actually um, they uh, they have this like this screens digital screens that they are showing the NFTs in
1: got it got it and do you know when yours will be displayed?
0: yes <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I, <laughs> I know it's in July. Um, but I'm not sure um the days. But I can look it up. It's I think it's quick.
1: Yeah, look it up. Well you can look it up when we're outside of this conversation. Um and we can include it in like the show notes and stuff like that. So yes, people exactly. can thank you. Look out for that. That's fantastic. Congratulations on on that. What um what piece was it that got you accepted? Um it
0: was a piece um, called Lenina um, from a collection I have that is inspired by um, characters from classical books and the Mm -hmm. book Lenina is from is a book called Brave New World
1: I love the idea of doing um, portraits of classic literature characters yeah
0: it's i do i love it as well that's why i'm doing it
1: did you uh are these are these like imagined um iterations of who they are and what they would look like or are they pulled from references or other drawings of them or
0: um no it's um yeah it's the way i imagine them um some of the um the writers they do put um a bit of a description of the character on the book, but um, I don't often take it into consideration. Um, I like to imagine them, um, how, I, how I think it would um, suit that personality. So um, yeah, those characters are, um, I guess the way I imagine those, those characters.
1: Yeah, it's such a cool idea. Um, so outside of uh, NFT Liverpool, kind of what else do you have going on in the NFT space? Have you sold any pieces?
0: Um, Yes, I have sold um, quite a few. Um, I have a few collections, um, but right now I'm just focusing on my latest one. The one with Elon Musk, I was just um, really in love with that idea. So I'm working on that right now. Um, And I am also, let me think what else am I doing? (laughs) Um, I'm also um, going to participate on a documentary about um, NFT artists that is going to be shown. I think it's PBS, but the the documentary is still um, on the works. It's already, yet, so it's going to take a while probably. But yeah, I think that's, that's it for now.
1: Wow. Yeah. PBS, you said? Yes. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Like, what? What do you know? Like, do you know any details about that, or is it still too early?
0: No. Yeah, it's very early. I just know that um, I ha- I did like this um, quick interview, um, similar to what we are doing now, so just, but just a bit quicker. And um, they want to show um, videos of how I do my work. And they are. Um, they also have um, other artists that are participating on the documentary. But um, that's all I know um, so far.
1: Amazing congratulations like you're doing quite a bit and that's actually like it wasn't. I mean I was impressed with the the first time we met in a space and then I think I think we've met like maybe three times in spaces, maybe uh, a few more I don't know like I've seen I've seen you in spaces before and then there's been like a couple times where we've actually spoken to one another and yeah. um it was like the last one i think that really kind of was like the light bulb went off for me um which it was like you were like i'm i've been accepted to nft liverpool uh i've had a few sales um and there was like, like a couple other things oh you mentioned that the was it the president of time magazine started following you or something like that yes
0: i still cannot believe it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's, that's like, wow. You know, that's, that's exciting. It sounds like you're somebody that is like, you just like to kind of take where you're at and then learn and then take that where you're at and then learn and continue to grow organically. But do you have any forethought as to kind of where you'd like to be a year from now, three years from now?
0: Not really. Yeah. I just, um, I quite like the idea of um studying in a um fine arts college and um continue to exhibit my work in physical galleries um, <laughs> metaverse galleries as well, but I particularly like um physical galleries um but yeah, I'm not too um worried about the kind of thing I like um learning as i go um but um what I can say is that um now I am very um, motivated um, to experiment with um, ways to um, un- unite um, the analog and digital world worlds through my art. Uh, like mm. um, it could be um, physical works, like um, such as paintings um, associated with NFTs or something like that. I, guess I haven't um, given it much thought, uh, thought, but it's.
1: Kind of what I'm drawn to right now, yeah, no I mean I I see that, and I I understand um, and I think for all artists there's like a love of both uh, you know digital and physical work. Are you still creating physical work regularly? Or are you primarily focused on digital right now?
0: Um, no, I am definitely primarily focused on digital. it's been a, a long time actually since I um, have drawn with pencil and paper or other kinds of um, works. But um, I definitely do enjoy it. And I think I would like to experiment more with it, maybe even um, mix them <laughs> in some way. Um, but I don't think um, I will um, abandon it, either of those worlds.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a fantastic way to think about it. You don't want to leave one behind. I think they both have their benefits when you say that you would like to exist in physical um uh spaces like uh galleries do you mean from a digital perspective or from a uh, physical perspective
0: yeah i am open to both i like um digital work and traditional work I just, the only reason I am slightly more inclined to um, traditional physical galleries is because I feel like um, the NFT world and like the metaverse galleries and that kind of stuff still has a lot of the um, like PSP culture, you know, Um, like those little, (laughs) it's just a kind of work that I'm not um, very interested in. And I feel like people expect me to do something like that. And I'm I don't like it very much, I don't identify with it. And um, just traditional gallery seems much more artistic and art oriented, so that's the only reason.
1: I completely agree with you um, because, and I'm still trying to like articulate this in my own thought process, but in my mind, the NFT space isn't gonna go as far as it can, unless we really figure out how to view art in a new way. And I think being able to kind of blend the digital into physical space is the key to that. If we can figure out a way to kind of bridge that gap, and perhaps museums and galleries are gonna be a huge step in that direction, But once we do that, then I think there will be a lot more people coming to the space, a lot more collectors, and uh, just a lot more activity for what NFTs can do and ultimately we all hope will do.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think you're absolutely right.
1: If you could take a year, you don't have to worry about any bills, any responsibilities. You have one Mm -hmm. year to create whatever project you want, this might be a hard question for you since you're somebody that is, you know, likes to build slowly and and learn as you go. Mm -hmm. But if somebody said you can do one year, you can do whatever whatever project, art project you want to do, what would you do?
0: I do have something, actually. Um, I wasn't going to talk about it yet. And I definitely depend on a gallery or something to do it. Um, But I have this idea of... um, uh, it's not going to be a quick answer. Um, but I have um, an idea of um, mixing uh, the digital world with the analog world, which is um, um, buying phones to make, it's difficult to explain, like buying um, like 10 phones, 10 iPhones um, to make my art and making one drawing on each of them and then um, selling those works as NFT. But without um really showing um uh, the actual work you know only showing part of it or something like that, and then um selling um the part of part of this artwork as a painting as well and using um the person or the collector the phone so they can have the actual artwork and be the only only person who actually has it because I have seen a lot of um critics and I think the most um, um, the the critic I've seen the most about NF, NFTs is that um, I guess anyone can have their work, you no, know, as a PNG, not necessarily an NFT. And with um, paintings or things like things like that, even if you take a, a picture of it, it's not the exact work. And with NFTs, it is actually the the image is the exact work, even even if you don't have the NFT. So I was just mm-hmm. um, yeah thinking of something like that
1: interesting i really like that idea that so i'm gonna say it back to you just so i understand yep. it clearly so you'll mm-hmm. you'll have a phone you'll do a piece on there and then you'll sell the phone and the nft as one or maybe it's not even an nft maybe it's just a piece but it's just um, as one so then
0: yes that is right um and i also um uh, i especially fond of, um selling the NFT without showing um, the full piece, just so that mm. the person who buys that NFT, they, they can choose to do whatever they want, but they can show people they, the piece or not, but they can say that they are the only ones who have the actual piece. You know, even if someone else, um, you know, uses the NFT image, they are the only one who has the entire piece.
1: I think the, the only, like, thing that I think uh, is an obstacle with that is that how do you sell a piece without showing it
0: showing part of it, <laughs> showing right. not the entire piece. Yeah.
1: yeah. You'd only be able you'd have to, you'd have to have a buyer or a collector, which in your case is totally possible. I think, I think for <laughs> the majority of people, it probably wouldn't be, but, um, you would have to like, maybe just show Elon Musk's eyes or something like that, you know? And like, yes, so yes, people know exactly. it's that Elon is. Musk. Yeah,
0: yeah, that is exactly what i have thought of huh
1: cool yeah. um okay next question uh what are some of your non-art goals in the in the coming year
0: <laughs> i'm not sure um i'm actually really happy with the way uh, my life is right now um i don't think there is really anything i would like to change the only thing that um comes, comes to mind is that i Definitely, you would like to travel more and, you know, see a bit more of different countries and different places in the world. But yeah, I think that's it.
1: What better answer is that? You know, you're happy with where you're at in life. Like, that's fantastic. Um, although traveling, I love it. I'm a huge proponent of travel. Where would you go? Top top three places. What would you pick off the top of your head? <laughs> uh,
0: I quite like um, Italy um wait let me think i like austria and like amsterdam just because it's um very different places so i get to see a bit of you know very different cultures mm-hmm.
1: yeah so italy austria and let's say netherlands uh because yeah outside of amsterdam there's all these other towns that are yeah, yeah. extremely beautiful Amsterdam can kind of be a little bit much. All right. Another question. Top three movies.
0: Ah, oh, (laughs) wait, I have a list. I swear I have a list. I'm going to look it up. Wait. Okay. Okay. So definitely, um, Interstellar. Um, that, that poet society. And I'm going to say, um, star wars return of the jedi yeah that's my top treat
1: <laughs> what about what like what would uh like stand out what stands out about these movies to you
0: um actually i think it's the um relationships you know not like um romantic relationships so just on interstellar i love um you know um matthew McConaughey and and jessica chastain's relationship i forgot the name of the characters. and um on Dead poet society i love how you know they all kind of come together because of their love their love for poetry and star wars is mostly because it's um my father was the one who um, showed me the movie for the first time so it's a big tradition for us and i just really love it
1: is that the star wars i get mixed up which ones they are is that the one with the ewoks Ewokies yeah. Are... yeah, that's the one. It is? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the best. That's the best one. Okay. Um, Top three bands. That's probably hard oh. for you.
0: Yeah, I don't actually have a list for that. I'm going to have to look up here my playlist. Um...
1: <laughs> and if it's easier, you can say like the top three more recent bands that you've been listening to. Whichever you want to yeah. go with.
0: Okay. Um Okay, so I definitely have to put on the list Pink Floyd. Oh, my gosh. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, Amazing. I
0: just love it. I have to. Um, I'm so confused. Um, I'm going to put a Brazilian one, uh, Legião Urbana. I have been listening to it a lot lately. I just love it. And, Can you say that um,
1: name
0: again? Legião Urbana.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to get that spelling from you when we're yeah.
0: Gonna I this. can, I can send you um, a link or the name or something, and um, I'm gonna put um, yeah, David Bowie. Not a band, is an artist, but yeah, David Bowie is my third one.
1: David Bowie, classic, love, yeah. love Bowie, <laughs> and Pink Floyd. Hello, Ella. That's my favorite band <laughs> right there. That's my number yes. one band. Amazing. Um, okay. And then this question, which is going to be unique to you. And it's like a little bit of a, well, okay. I have two other, two questions then. One is (laughs) what advice would you give to anybody that is kind of starting out in art or like creativity? Like what, what would be like your, Hey, like, try this, do this. What would you, what's your advice for that person? Um,
0: I think it's just, um, I think they should find something that they really enjoy doing um, because I spent so many hours and months um, dedicating myself to creating my technique and to all of my work. And I feel like um, for a person to be able to do that, they have to truly enjoy it. So yeah, I think that would be my advice.
1: And then um, the other advice I want to get, I've never heard this question asked before. And I thought about it when I was thinking about like, what are some unique questions I could ask Ella, which is (laughs) what is your advice to older people?
0: What do you mean?
1: (laughs) Like we always are asking for people's advice for younger people and you're a younger Um, person. So my thought is like, do you have any advice to like, I think, generationally speaking, the gaps are getting bigger. Right. So like maybe teenagers are like, you know, it it used to be that like, if you were a 15 year old and you were a 22 year old, you were kind of like in the same generation almost. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas now it's almost like 15 to 18 is a generation and then 18 to 21 is a general, like not necessarily, but it feels like that. And I think in the world and the culture, like the the global culture that we live in, um, there's a huge disparity between uh, people that are, you know, baby boomers and generations younger to that all the way through millennials and Gen Z, Gen Y. I don't even really know the different age groups or uh, <laughs> associations, but I think there's a huge gap. So like if you could give a message to anyone that's older than you or like any advice on like the world like what's (laughs) something maybe you don't have anything I don't know but it was just an idea that I had like what's something you would say to somebody that's that's listening that's like an older generation right now
0: yeah I not I'm not sure but I think um it's just I know sometimes it's hard to keep up with the world. I myself have that difficulty. Um, I am definitely an old soul um, but I just think um, patience and trying to deal with everything in your own time is the key to it and the best way to understand others. So yeah, I think that's that's what came to mind.
1: Amazing. I think we're going to wrap it up there but I want to give you like the space to kind of any last words, if there's any last message or advice or just whatever it is, if there's any last thing you'd like to end this on, the space is yours.
0: Um, Yeah. I always find it difficult, um, these situations, Um, but I guess I just wanted to um, thank you. This actually turned out to be really, really wonderful, really nice. And yeah, to anyone who is listening, um, check out my work. I would really appreciate it. And um, just wanted to thank everyone who has helped me so far. Yeah. I really appreciate the support and everything. So yeah, that's it. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Ella. And I couldn't agree more. Check out her work and uh, stay tuned because she's doing some really great things. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ella Manol. Head over to searcherstudioart.com to connect with Ella through her social links and see some of her work. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe for upcoming episodes.